this evening I would like to give a commentary on the secret mantra of Joe Montana. <laughs> Tonight and tomorrow night <laughs> in America, 100 million men will be sitting <laughs> approximately 12 inches <laughs> from their television set. They cannot be disturbed until next year. <laughs> the wife is screaming in the kitchen. The kids are fighting, the dogs are barking, the cat's tearing the lino to pieces, and all he says is, where is my six-pack? <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about Joe Montana. I haven't seen him on a retreat. <laughs> I feel I know him very well. <laughs> You probably have some back problems. I hear he's a quarterback. <laughs> Can you imagine such a problem? <laughs> Can you imagine what it's like to have a quarterback? <laughs> I saw a photograph of him in the newspaper. It brought out all the compassion out of me. <laughs> have you seen his shoulders? Terrible deformity. <laughs> the very secret mantra. Right now, our beloved co-teacher, Howie, fearlessly <laughs> vaulted over that gate at the other end of the corridor. Regardless of threat to life and limb from that savage creature, And along with half a dozen equally rabid nuns, <laughs> fought each other to get the front seat in, this, in front of the set. Such fearlessness is to be commended. Is this the fruits of Dharma practice? <laughs> this secret mantra, which 100 million are now shivering with excitement to see, starts when a number of men in the most bizarre clothing imaginable huddle into a circle on some pitch. And then they go into this circle and with this huddle, go <laughs> Profound and deep as this mantra is.
I shall do my level best to give a commentary on it. <laughs> this mantra was first heard in a Swiss zoo. <laughs> by an American tourist. <laughs> and was secretly in its pristine purity was passed on from one generation of Americans to another. <laughs> and now it's come to our Joe. <laughs> God bless Joe. God bless America. <laughs> That is the end of my evening <laughs> talk. <laughs> May all beings live in harmony. <laughs> Before coming up here, I, the notice board downstairs has been completely cleared. I notice the scores of notes written to Henrietta, and I am expecting more. <laughs> In ten years, I've never had any number of notes to compare with the lot that she got. <laughs> I think I'll take up football. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How do I go from there? <laughs> In the evening, uh, talk this evening, uh, <coughs> I would like to uh, explore the, the practice and two modes of uh, expression which take place within the field of the meditation and um, exploring that to see the dynamic, both gross and subtle, which takes place with us and with the practice and how in two different areas both can give, be complementary to each other, yet not need each other. When we, when we begin the practice and with the meditation, the capacity to uh, stay in touch and be with touch obviously varies enormously from person to person. Sometimes this is reflected, but not necessarily so, with regard to what we bring, shall we say, with us when we arrive in a retreat situation. And so sometimes there is that anticipation of how it will be here because, the, because of the way the um, relative re relatively recent past has been. And so sometimes we find that there's a certain fluidity in our uh, daily life 
And there's some sense of continuity of that within a situation like this. And at other times we find that there's some difficulties in life and with some justification we find that when we arrive here there's again the necessity of having to face and deal and work with that. But it never, in the way of time of course, and from day to day, it never quite, things never quite go in that way. And so sometimes there can be fluidity and difficulty, or lack of fluidity and ease. And, it, and, the, and in that respect we may say that in the relationship of the past to the present, we can never really anticipate fully and totally what the ripening of past act when, I'm sorry, the ripening of past activities will take place. <coughs> one week ago, one year ago, ten years ago, twenty, fifty, etc. The fruits of that, both beneficial, wholesome and healthy, or otherwise, can take place because of it's an organic process at any other point in life's journey. And we see we, and experience this frequently. So there is the movement of action from the past having some bearing and influence in our here and now situation and possibly at some time further on. And in that, the movement of the past and its impact on the present gives each one of us, through awareness, a real opportunity for self-learning and self-knowledge. And we see sometimes that impact which is taking place is sometimes um, um, a reaction which is an exaggeration of an event. In other words, something happens for us here in the present and we find that the accumulation or the force of the past bearing fruit in the present seems to be far more, far in excess of the actual event which is taking place. And so sometimes in our life things are and experience to be quite small yet we make more of than what is. This making more of than what is is the impact of the influence of the near or distant past into the present. And we're saying, let's look at that. Let's be aware of that so that we can bring greater focus to what is and if there is reaction, use it as an opportunity for learning about the structure, the character, the formation of self. Now, in, in this um, connection and being with the present, as I mentioned, there are two aspects of that which are worth uh, exploring from a standpoint of meditation and in other situations. And I discussed this a little uh, earlier on with some. One is the field of, or the experience of what we might say is an absorbed attention. And we find both um, um, psychically, shall we say, in, inwardly, that it's quite necessary for us in countless situations to be so focused in such a way that we're completely absorbed into what is taking place and in being absorbed into it 
everything else which is surrounding us really drops away as having any importance. And sometimes we notice that what facilitates absorption so much is a combination of two mental factors. One is attention and the other is interest. And when, the, when these two are working, working together, we can become fully absorbed into something. And we can see this through movement, when we see some of the most beautiful creative dances, a person who is writing, a person who is expressing herself or himself individually or collectively. There's that absorption within the framework, within the activity of what one is doing. And in that there's a certain harmony and depth of being with. This harmony and depth of being with has enormous benefits, physically, spiritually, psychologically. And I'd just like to explore those for a little while and then make, make the shift over to the significance and the value and limitation, because both have the, of what it means just to observe. So there's two forms of experience reasonably common to us in the field of meditation and life. One is absorption within, the other is observation of. And we see that within both of these forms of being in the present, that both are very easily affected and influenced by the impact of the past. The accumulated conditioning which rushes in on one or the other and creates an imbalance. And therefore, we might say, the past, in the awareness of the past, is a vehicle for self-knowledge, which is uh, with regard to what I was, what happened to me, how things were, or how that impact actually is in the present. In the Eastern language, this influence or impact of the past in the present is called karma. Now, in working with absorption and one might say that, generally speaking in one's practice, one is sitting, giving attention to a particular uh, object or variety of objects, and there's a definite sense and experience, quite clear to us, of distinction between the object itself and the watching of it, the observation of it, the, the experiencer and the experience, the observer and the observed, the knower and the known, the watcher and the watched, all the same, this slightly different framework of the language. And in that, due to relaxation and the settling in, sometimes the tension, as has been pointed out, sometimes the tension which, which is there, which is upholding the observer or the watcher, the, the me who is looking, sometimes that begins to drop away and in its dropping away there is more of an absorption into. This absorption into is, is, is comes through calmness, uh, attention, um, 
interest. And so sometimes the gap between the observer and the observed, the watcher and the watch, does drop away and there's a certain oneness there and there is, we might say, just breathing. Just bodying, shall we say. Just minding. And in that there's an actual activity which is taking place and there's no distance from it in terms of looking at it and yet within the activity, within that absorption which is there, there is a knowing of it. There's a knowing of it, not with the <coughs> thoughts and the words and the concepts, but knowing of it through the feeling of it. And this feeling of it means that when that's occurring, that there is an actual harmony of physical and mental energies and it's pleasant. There's a pleasant feeling, generally a warm, a warm sensation and one is just being there. That absorption level is such that it has many, many levels and many, many depths to it. And as we can see and know from practice, and particularly with the breathing, that one can go to great depths when the tension is dropping away effortlessly, one can't obviously push it away, and, the, and there's this absorption, in this case, shall we say, into breathing. This absorption in, into breathing, in a very real way, contributes to the health, real health here, real health both physically and psychologically, and is extraordinary in that when a combination of that energy is at work for healing. Tremendous healing capacity here, which so there's another whole area, I don't, can't go into this evening, for um, learning and exploring how these two work together. In that, in that absorption which, which, which takes place, the very energies themselves can and are able to flow more freely and some of the congestions of body and mind are actually dissolved through the process of inwardly being absorbed into the breathing. In that which, in that which is taking, taking place, it, when it reaches certain, when there's that flow which is taking place, and it reaches certain levels within us, so a joy begins to arise in one's being. Quiet, sublime joy begins to touch um, and be felt in consciousness. And still, one might ask, you know, in allowing and in, in, in this uh, process, if it takes place, allowing this process to, to take place, can, within the absorption, can thought arise? And in that, at certain level, thought can actually arise and it has a certain reflective factor. So sometimes we experience in our meditation thoughts which are just coming and passing. They, we, we, we know they're rather irrelevant, like cells of the brain, you know, and just thoughts emerging and dissolving. And then there's thought which is stating something, thought which is revealing or showing something fairly precisely and accurately. And in Dharma language, that thought is 
a reflection on. It's a kind of representation of, rather precise and accurate. And in that, when that is occurring, there can be, within that thought and reflection, seeing things in fresh ways, and that gives an opportunity for self-knowledge, opportunity for insight and understanding. And if a person engages in, uh, in their practice with care and, with, uh, and in a conscientious way, this movement and this harmony of attention with the object can, can, act, can fuse together. And in that fusing together can go through to a joy, a sublime sense of being, that, that particular feeling of being absorbed into. <coughs> and sometimes when that happens, when one is sitting, one reaches the end of the sitting and there's no wish in heart or mind to want to change. The, the real sense that there's really nowhere to go, nothing else to do, just to be, just to sit, just to be with this. Something intuitively within that is recognizing there's a value in this. And, and there's an active and clear appreciation of this experience. And in that, as I say, there are many levels of the, that absorption uh, can go to, and from one level to another, initially it may include some reflection and inquiry, and s can go further in which all thought ceases altogether and there's a sublime joy, a deep abiding inner absorption. And this in the classical language is referred to as samatha, S-A-M-A-T-H-A. And this samatha is remarkable in its capacities within the mind, within, within the heart, is the very sense for that and gaining through meditative processes some access to that also has a noticeable impact on the perceptions. Meaning that even some of the ideas that somehow pleasure in life is all to be gotten out there by getting something, there can be quite a, sub a change within the perceptional field to the knowledge and the intuitive understanding joy arises from within. It doesn't come from outside, but it's something which emerges from within. And, and thus when we are deeper, this absorption, deeper within ourselves, the mind has less interest to run out and grasp and get and cling to and therefore there's less reactiveness, less aversion, even though one hasn't had to work out all the past. Even though one hasn't had to work out all the clinging, all the aversion, all the fears, all the attachments, because for some, this inner absorption is harmonizing so much together that so much else gets cancelled out in the process. One might say, though, 
inexperience in it, and in the mind's a certain fluidity of mind which, in which this becomes accessible, is this necessary? Is it somehow essential that there is the capacity to switch from observer to, and observe, to absorption into the observed? And for that I would say no. Despite the welfare and the benefits that may come, despite the conventional benefits when interest and attention is into some into an uh, area, certainly conventionally it's very helpful and, and valuable if we have an interest in something. But when we're talking spiritually, when we're talking about discovery, about understanding and the heart liberation or finding of God in life like that, then, uh, then one asks, is this an imperative? So then one must look at the other form of relationship. Because it's not just talking about meditation retreat and meditation, this is talking about the whole of one's life. There's no life outside of this. There's nothing else, this is it. And if we can explore this and feel for this and hear about this and look and go, go into this, it's going to be in regard to every single activity. The whole of life is embraced in this. It's got nothing to do with outside beliefs. It's got to do with you and me and living on the face of this beloved earth. So then there is the other. This is the watcher and the watch, the knower and the known. In that, which probably or possibly is more common. We are doing our sitting, we are doing our walking, we are doing this, that and the other, and we observe what is taking place. In that observation what is taking place, there is within that some degree, some sense of me who is looking at that whether it's a meditation object or a surrounding object. And as we see, <coughs> pardon me, with the other, where there's a deeper inner absorption into one's being, feeling one's being, settling into one's being, being at home within, that aspect of it also brings a deeper receptivity to, the, to life itself. One is much more easily touched it's like one can hear the sound of the bird, see the color and, and the form, a, a gesture, a moment of kindness or whatever. Is, one is touched by that. And one feels the sensation and the feeling of the profundity of subtlety as it touches life, bodily life, psychological fe feeling life. Because there's an absorption there, something comes to it, and it's just like it just touches a wave, a wave inside of one's being. And this being touched in this way, this brings true delights in life and, and an ongoing gratitude for existence. And yet, when we move, when we see, yes, there is the other too. And we, we look at that and the significance significance of that, in which there is there the bare 
watcher and watched. In that activity which is taking place, we see that the watched has its impact, its influence on the watcher. And we notice this fre frequently. Henrietta referred to it in the beginning of the uh, her talk yesterday evening, how sometimes it shows itself as pressure and expectation. And there we are, looking at life, seeing life, being in there with life, and this comes to us, and that comes to us. And we find it difficult to chew over all of these things because the mind doesn't have enough time and space. Because so much is coming in, the mind can't digest the amount which is being directed towards us. So then we say, I need space. So important. You know, it's, it's everywhere, it's available. We just look above our heads, it's available. And yet, frequently, we feel we don't have enough space. So we create the climate, the psychological climate to have space. Such a precious and beautiful element of life. And in that, the watcher and the watched become more clear for us. So much so that you and I have time while being here to be able to just to see one watched. Just look one breathing. Just listen to sound. Just observe, just watch body sensation. In that activity which is taking place, even when it's refined and subtle in a spacious situation as we have here, the watched still has its impact on the watcher and the watcher still has its impact on what is watched. No matter how deep you and I may go with it. And in that, sometimes it's not that the watcher, the sense of me, you're sitting, you're being with the breathing. You, you, sometimes you feel I am here observing the breathing and you're just experiencing that. I'm just observing the body. I'm just observing thoughts coming and going. Just observing sounds coming and going. And sometimes that I, not as a thought or as an idea, but the, 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 the sense of I, the sense of me, just as it were, begins by itself to fade. And in its fading away, it's not that you then get absorbed into what's happening, but rather, in its fading away, there is just watching. There is just observing. There is just being with. When that's there, and it's the self that has just fade, faded away, the impact is minimal. The impact of the faint uh, self is minimal on the object, and the object's impact, in terms of uh, on the consciousness, is also minimal. And at that time, relatively speaking, we're to some degree more in touch with the way things are happening. Just watching. And the nature and the manifest multiple appearances of the nature 
just keep showing themselves rising and passing, arising and passing to many, many subtleties. And all of that becomes, as it were, our clear and direct experience of the phenomenal world. And in that experience, uh, that subtlety of just watching, in which me has no part to play, no, isn't a reference point for it, it's just watching. When that fades, because interest can fade, attention can, can fade, and if those two don't, energy fades, can't sustain that. And when that, when that fades, understandably enough, one's ego, one's self comes in and it identifies with this. They said, wow, that was just pure watching there. That was just, or previously, that was just, a, just an absorption in, into things. And one appreciates the self, in spite of everything, it appreciates the experience. It acknowledges it, and so forth. We may, in our spiritual immaturity, in our whatever, we may begin to build up on that and make more of it. And the moment that we say, I want this again, we've put more into it than is necessary. Which means that the force of the past has come in overshadowed this experience and says, I want to repeat this. And the moment the mind has come into a pattern of repetition, one stops everything for this, everything, and watches this formation and this desire, because it will corrupt what is beautiful. So we, we, we learn to see the, the intimation taking place which moves towards claiming, over-absorption or claiming when it's just, just a watching. In this, which is in this which is taking place, we may say the movements or non-movements which are taking place are showing themselves here and in our life, either as some form of reaction, therefore for self-knowledge, or an absorption into, or a watching of, or an experiencing of, or just being with. And our life, according to the degree of understanding that we have, and clarity that we have, large does determine the degree that we are caught up in reactiveness in life and the degree that we are able to be with what's happening at, these, at the more subtle levels. Now, as I mentioned, when it comes to the watcher and the watched and the varying degrees of strength that me have, I have in that situation, what is it that, or how is it that even the subtle just watching, there is still a movement and there's still some influence taking place? How is it possible? What can it, what can it mean when it is said, meditation is about seeing things as they are, seeing things as they truly are? 
because both science and even more important spiritually and and meditatively the very actuality of the perceptional process influences its object and object does back and we find ourselves seemingly restricted and held within this field the whole of life all of life perception with its object and one says what can one do how, what what how can one you know go go further because every movement of mind every event which takes place psychologically is in some way or other including a perception and once there is a perception so frequently self comes either at that time or subsequent to it and gives some kind of commentary on the experience and therefore wishes to label it in order to that self can know where it is and so self needs the concepts and needs the labels and needs the words and so forth to give itself a reassurance and it's why language and words for us other than the conventional value that becomes so integrally important with regard to experience supposing supposing in our in our awareness and in our seeing into life the very language the very perception and the very object has less import for us that there is a knowing let us say and an awareness that both are influencing each other so therefore one can't get to the real truth of the way things are through the mode of perception whether it's absorption into or whether it's observation of and that in the very awareness of the restriction and the limitation there perhaps there's the possibility of a genuine giving up a genuine giving up a genuine letting go without any hope of something other or something special or something new being revealed in which there's no interpretation of the face of existence and nothing is being said beyond that point nothing is being implied or encouraged or induced or whatever but there is the clear knowledge and experience of the limitations of perception and in that absorption comes and it's there 
one knows of it, one knows its usefulness, its function, its, its limitations, and if it's not there, then, then it's not there. And in the experiencer and experience, watcher and watched, and or just watching, one knows that, if it's there, and, and knows the limitation, limitations of that, and there's neither clinging to on the one side, yet, since they're functions of the mind and perception, there's no rejection of the other, on the other side. Not a trace of rejection. And if there's neither clinging to, nor, nor rejection in any way, There isn't being fool, being state of being fooled by. There isn't going to be dis- being deceived by. And of that, words can say no more. Nothing to be added to, nothing to be subtracted from, nothing to be gained, nothing to be lost, nothing to be improved, nothing to be changed. May all beings see into life. May all beings see into the nature of things. May all beings let go. So let's have two or three minute quiet period together, please. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.